So further exasperating the issue with Coinbase was that some investors were shocked to find language in Coinbase's filings suggesting that account holders could end up as, quote, unsecured creditors, end quote, in the event of a bankruptcy. For those of you who might be asking, Chris, hey, what's this unsecured creditor term? It's a creditor without a valid lien or mortgage against a property of the person filing, or in this case, the company. This is hugely impactful if you happen to own cryptocurrency in a Coinbase wallet. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Higher Standard Podcast, where we give you ultra-premium, unfiltered truth when it comes to building your wealth and curating the lifestyle of your dreams. No games, no drama, and no shenanigans. I am your host, Chris Nahibi, and I'm here to help you distill the immense amount of information and disinformation out there on the interwebs and give you the opportunity to choose a higher standard for yourself. There are no gurus here, and no one gives a damn about how wealthy you look. I'm an attorney and a banker, amongst other things. Does that mean you should listen to me? Hell no. This is just full disclosure that while we talk about money, wealth, law, investing, and a lot of related topics, you should always speak to your own advisors for an opinion tailored to your unique investment perspective. I am obligated to tell you that nothing contained in this show is in fact legal or investment advice and is being provided solely for entertainment purposes. So sit back, relax your mind, and get ready for a different kind of podcast where we elevate your baseline in crispy, high-resolution audio. This isn't a different standard. It's the higher standard. This is once again the world-famous Higher Standard Podcast, and I am your host, Chris Nahibi, and holy shit, it has been an exciting week. I've been dying to get in front of the microphone to talk about cryptocurrency, but before we do, let's catch up a little bit. I am seriously addicted to this Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial, and I got to tell you, it has been a fascinating case study of some fucked up stuff that happens in courts. I did a great YouTube video on this. I also did the podcast on it. If you haven't heard it, I would I would encourage you to check that out. I talk about objections and and really how some of the criticism uh, uh, of how how crazy this 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 particular case has been and some of the things you can hear. These are all things that you study in law school. They're in, in the forefront of all the things you talk about. To see it play out like this is a classic case study of what not to do. It's, it's super interesting. And every time I think this shit's gotten as wild as it possibly can go or it's gone as far as it can possibly go, it, something else happens. I, I'm addicted. It, it, it is it is bad. I, I'm now watching way too much of it. But in the midst of all this crazy assness, our, our son has been adjusting to his big boy bed. He was in there for like a month or two. And my wife and I were like, wow, he went from the crib to his big boy bed. You know, at three years old, he, was, he got in there a little bit late, but he hasn't gotten out of bed a whole lot. And and maybe, maybe we're just lucky. Man, are we wrong? You finally figured out he can get a bed, and it has been a shit show the last week. My wife and I have not been getting a lot of sleep. We're now doing the sleep training thing once again, which parents say is a recurring thing. I guess you're never really done, uh, you know, with sleep training. But it's made me so tired, and I haven't had a whole lot of time. I haven't been able to get into this podcast, and I've been super eager to do it and talk about cryptocurrency. And for those of you who are fans of cryptocurrency, this might piss you off. For those of you who don't know a whole lot about cryptocurrency, this will be a very educational standpoint. But there's some really fascinating things going down. I'm going to do it all in about 20 minutes so you can get a ton of information really quick. And I'm going to tell you about a world-class piece of shit 
that you need to know about named Do Kwon. And this world-class piece of shit is an arrogant dude. They're, they're calling him now the Elizabeth Holmes of crypto. If you don't, don't know who Elizabeth Holmes is, do yourself a favor and Google her. It's, it, there was a whole HBO special on her. She's a wacko, and Theranos was her company, and she promised that all this performance, and it was all fake and all BS. And to be called that is not a compliment, just in case you wanted to know. Doquan was a mastermind behind failing cryptocurrencies, Terra USD and Luna. So Terra USD was a stable coin. And if you don't know what that is, that's all good. I'll hook you up. It's basically pegged to the US dollar, right? It's supposed to trade one-to-one to the US dollar. And the governance token, the other token, Luna, was supposed to ensure the stable exchange rate. Don't worry about the idiosyncrasies of how that works. It doesn't really fucking matter. What matters is Quan, this 29-year-old dude, was kind of an arrogant piece of shit as a CEO of Terraform Labs who's behind these two coins. He even went so far as one point to mock his critics as, quote, poor, and said that he found failing companies, and I'm quoting here, entertaining. So this guy doesn't get a whole lot of love from me because I mean, just over a week ago, this guy, I mean, just, just before this all happened, he was literally saying that it is entertaining to watch companies die. Entertaining. Meanwhile, this guy's Terra USD was supposed to be pegged one one from the dollar, trading as low as 23 cents, and then ultimately down to less than a penny or a penny or something like that, down 99% from a high of $120 just a month ago. Absolute fucking insanity. And I'm telling you, this will be the catalyst for a lot of regulation. Wild swings are fairly common with cryptocurrency. For those of you who don't know, there's a lot of volatility. The markets trade 24-7. But even seasoned investors were screwed as Bitcoin dropped 29% over a seven-day period. It was a seven-day period of just straight loss after loss after loss, which is not a good thing. For a lot of people, they thought cryptocurrency was a hedge against inflation. So this, this stablecoin... Terra USD, which was part of the crypto world that was touted for its stability, pegged to the US dollar, all unexpectedly crashed. Nobody saw this shit coming. And this begs the question, are stable coins actually fucking stable? If it's supposed to be pegged one-to-one for the US dollar and it went from $120 down to effectively nothing, how much farther can we go down this cryptocurrency process without regulation? A lot of people lost a lot of money, not just in these cryptocurrencies, but as the market, Bitcoin, the largest cryptocurrency, took a massive dive, 29%, and continued even after that time. All cryptocurrencies took a huge dive. And that was fucking crazy. Now, remember, in November, Bitcoin and Ethereum, the two largest and most popular cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, number one, Ethereum, technically number two, but definitely, in my, in my book, Ethereum is probably the most versatile as far as usage goes for NFTs and some of those booming markets. Two of the most popular cryptocurrencies, they reached all-time highs back in November. Bitcoin's value at 5 p.m., I think on November 9th, was about $67,000, a single coin. Ethereum was worth $4,800. They are now down and 60% respectively from those levels. And for those of you who are thinking, well, what about the dog coins, man? What about Dogecoin? What about Shibu Inu? Sadly, those are down way down from where they were before. Not as huge a hit for those as in dollars, but definitely in percentages. Those those both, the whole cryptocurrency market died. It, It was insane 
to see this massive, massive sell-off. And I attribute it more to just the Terra USD and Luna de- being depegged from the dollar. I attribute it more to you've got inflation, and a big problem with inflation is that people are going to try to protect their financial position. But their financial position from a retail perspective is, is a much, much less impactful thing to the market. And cryptocurrency, which was the people's currency, was supposed to protect them. It's got institutional investors now. Cryptocurrencies were falling well before last week. Victims of sky-high inflation. These investors are pulling out and everyone's saying, you know what? This is a really risky product. I don't want to be in it in this inflationary economy. But for the people who are the retail investors, they're like, you know, hey, man, cryptocurrency is a hedge against inflation. I can invest in that shit. And no matter what happens in the market, cryptocurrency is good. Well, I think Terra USD and Luna just proved that wrong. Bitcoin and other digital currencies have been talked about as inflation hedges for so long. But this ripple effect has played out differently. Surging inflation inflation prices, it's spurring the Federal Reserve to raise interest rates even faster. The 8.5 CPI was was met with a 25 basis point increase initially, as you know, because you listen to the podcast and you're like, damn, I learned a lot from Chris. So you know that only happened at 25 basis points and not 50 basis points because there was a war in Ukraine and Russia and the government and the Fed, they just didn't know how to respond to it. So they held back and didn't do the full 50, but they did do the second 50, uh, the, the second time they did do 50 basis points. And they've already said 75 basis points off the table for the third interest rate increase, but it's more than likely going to be 50 basis points once again. Another thing that I predicted, and you should expect because you listen to this podcast. So you know this is happening. And the surging inflation that we're trying to control, raising interest rates faster, and investors believe will cause a slowdown in economic growth. And they rightfully should believe that because that is what's going to happen. The result? Investors are unloading riskier assets like these cryptocurrencies, which the retail community believe to be a hedge against inflation. If that's true, these things would rise in value, not fall in value during times of economic challenges, let's say, or possible recessionary economies. I believe we are already in a recession. But the fascinating thing is, if you layer over the NASDAQ composite index over Bitcoin and Ethereum, and you go all the way back to December, Bitcoin and Ethereum have fallen way more than just the NASDAQ has on average. I'm talking the NASDAQ's fallen about 25% or so, while cryptocurrencies like this are closer to 58 and 60%, like I told you before. So you're, you're, you're talking about a massive difference, twice the losses in that space. It is not what people thought it was. I mean, that's just me being real. Also exasperating the losses is that crypto trading, originally an investor-only game, an individual investor-only game, is now dominated by hedge funds and institutional investors that sought the same diversification in their portfolios that that you did as a retail investor. So this diversification into crypto has, has been caught wrong-footed. Now all these massive institutional investors that got into cryptocurrency have pulled out. And to give you an idea, I don't have some current information, but I think uh, what I pulled up was Q3 2020. It was just under even, but heavy into the retail investor. Q4 2020, now the institutional investors were investing more money into crypto than the retail investors. And then by 
Q1 2020 21 it was about even. People have you know people have found out about it. It's really popular, and there's there's definitely some polarity there in, in, in kind of the changing landscape. But it is at all times close to fifty percent institutional investors into cryptocurrency. It's not just you. It's not just me. Not the consumer. There are big funds trying to get in on this big volatility. Buy low, sell high. And with a lot of volatility, you can do more buy low, buy and more sell high. And it was only a matter of time before. The, these institutional investors with algorithmic trading got into the space and caused effectively the same kind of market crashes that we'd seen in the stock market, but with less regulation and less oversight and with the, quote, stable coins being depegged from the dollar, this type of crazy ass swing should have been foreseen and frankly was in the crescendo of this conversation where you're like, damn, Chris is really mad about this shit. It's going to explain why it was predicted and nobody fucking listened. Okay. So let's go on. Coinbase Global, also a massive problem right now. You're saying, well, shit, Chris, now stable coins, now the value's gone to shit. What could possibly happen with Coinbase? They, they, they were a huge wallet. They were, they were massive. What's going on? Well, Coinbase Global Inc. traded on the NASDAQ as part as the price has moved lower. Both individual and institutional investors alike have been bowing out. When, crypto, when Coinbase reported its first quarter results late Tuesday of last week, as of the time of this podcast, it revealed it is hemorrhaging users. And I'll tell you right now, I don't use Coinbase. I use MetaMask. It's an open source thing. And frankly, I like it a lot better for a number of reasons. I've never used Coinbase. I downloaded it once. Didn't think it was that impressive. And it wasn't my thing. By the end of trading on Thursday, Coinbase's stock was down 82% below where it closed after its first day of trading just over a year ago. Because remember, a year ago, they had an IPO. Sound familiar? Remember, because you're listening to the podcast, you know this. We talked about Anthony Shea and Lone Depot being down, I think at the time it was 80-something percent from their IPO price earlier in the year. And then when he went on television to talk about what naturally had happened and doing a little bit of damage control, they were effectively down 90%. Anthony Shea has since stepped down at Lone Depot, although he's been calling it stepping up into the board chairman position, and then he named a new CEO. But call it what you want. That's what it is. People thought, okay, well, Chris is talking about non-bank lenders. No, that was just the first wave. This, my friends, is a great second wave. And I think there's going to be obviously more to come. Coinbase stock being down 82% from the IPO price over just a year ago's positioning. That's a red flag. Coinbase's stock is down from an all-time high of $368.90 last November when Bitcoin's price was also peaking at $67,802.30 per coin. So as of the date of this podcast, $67.87. That's a massive decline, but still better, much better than Lone Depot's trading price if it gives you any solace. I don't know that it gives me any solace, but it is what it is. Now, this is where things get a little wild. I think you can say that a lot of these companies will be okay, and that the overwhelming probability is that these publicly traded institutions who have public filings will be all right, and they're not going to go into full bankruptcy. But people start to freak out and think, what if they do? And it has happened before to a lot of these companies, as improbable as it may be. So further exasperating the issue with Coinbase was that some investors were shocked to find language in Coinbase's filings suggesting that account holders could end up as, quote, unsecured creditors, end quote, in the event of a bankruptcy. For those of you who might be asking, Chris, hey, what's this unsecured creditor term? It's a creditor without a valid lien or mortgage against a property of the person filing, or in this case, the company. 
This is hugely impactful if you happen to own cryptocurrency in a Coinbase wallet. Essentially, they can use your cryptocurrency holdings to pay down secured creditors first. Other people whose money, it is not... So if you have a wallet, but they have debt obligations as a company to like a bank, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Chase, and they're secured by something even as simple as a UCC1 blanket filing, which is not exactly the world's best form of collateral. They can pay down those creditors first with your cryptocurrency, <laughs> leaning all of their users, leaving all of their users then to fight for what's left, which will be pennies on the dollar. Obviously, if you've got dollar for dollar in my money in cryptocurrency and I'm losing money every single day because the value of that cryptocurrency is going down and you're now paying off debt in U.S. dollars with the cryptocurrency from my account, there's obviously not going to be enough money left for me to pay me whole. It was shocking. So... I do what I normally do as an attorney who's in the in the space of a publicly traded company. I look this shit up. I pull up the SEC Commission Form 10Q for Coinbase Global Inc. Well, I would love to tell you that this shit was just fodder and it's not real, but I found the actual page and I got to tell you, and I'm going to quote this, this shit's crazy. Quote, all right, because custodial held crypto assets may be considered to be property of a bankruptcy estate. In the event of a bankruptcy, the crypto assets we hold in custody on behalf of our customers could be subject to bankruptcy proceedings and such customers could be treated as our general unsecured creditors. That is a direct fucking quote from their public filing and i'm sure that was in their user agreements or whatever the hell else place you but who looks at that you download the app you put money into it you're not looking at the user agreement who really looks at that that should be a big red in your face notice hey bro you could lose all this shit to give you an idea of how fucking wild this actually is by contrast securities held for customers by a registered brokerage normal securities are legally segregated from the assets of the brokerage. This means that they can't be touched in a bankruptcy proceeding, which sounds a whole hell of a lot better than what cri cryptocurrency positions you would have with Coinbase are. The Securities Investor Protection Corp, I, I think it's Corporation or something like that, it was a nonprofit set up by Congress in like 1970 and insures as much as $500,000 of customer securities and cash in brokerage accounts per each account. Think of this as similar to FDIC insurance of $250,000 per account. So if you've got several accounts in a brokered account and they each have $500,000, you're covered with insurance, bro. But even, even then... Even then, they're still legally segregated from a bankruptcy. So if the registered brokerage goes into BK, your money's good. Not if you hold cryptocurrency in, in, in Coinbase, which is absolute fucking insanity. And, I, you know, look, th that, that just created more of a concern. So if you followed my social media for some time and well before the podcast, I have posted many times about how Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger have been really, really, I don't want to say negative, but they have been really, really skeptical of cryptocurrency, going as far to say that they don't understand why it doesn't have any value. Warren Buffett just recently, I think at the uh, Berkshire Hathaway shareholder meeting, just said, uh, well, I should say, I wouldn't even say what he said because it doesn't really matter. He basically just gave his most harsh criticism 
uh, and, and then explanation for why he doesn't believe in Bitcoin. And it was really about Bitcoin and cryptocurrency in general, because the whole concept could be apply, could apply to everything. But what this all leaves the whole world asking, what does this mean for cryptocurrency? And as a guy who's been really tracking this from the, from the NFT perspective, from the blockchain perspective, from the cryptocurrency perspective, I knew that NFTs were going to wind up like this, but I never in a million years saw a stable coin being depegged to the US dollar. I never in a million years thought with some of the landmark cases in Wyoming as it relates to bankruptcy and futures markets for Bitcoin and Ethereum specifically, that something like Coinbase like, like that could be in their user agreement and you could be subject to losing it all, if not the majority of it, in the event that they have a bankruptcy, which is probable given how low they've traded. Now, the CEO of Coinbase has gone and done the whole media circuit thing and said they're not likely to go into bankruptcy and your money's safe, but that doesn't make you feel a whole lot better when your contract reads like that. This means that regulation is indeed coming very soon to cryptocurrency. You need to know that. You need to expect that. The government cannot allow this to continue. The decentralized nature of the blockchain will continue to be valuable. I think that the, the, the blockchain is hugely important for the future of technology. However, this particular crypto winter, this, this slump of values may be the end of cryptocurrency as we know it today. And please do not send me messages talking about how you love crypto and I'm fucking wrong. And all. I'm saying may, there, there's, a, there's a word in there, may be the end of cryptocurrency as we know it today. The money has spoken and it doesn't feel tremendously confident in an unregulated environment. And these coins are not recession-proof despite the rhetoric and the bullshit and the FOMO and the friends that you see with Lambos buying big-ass houses. That's not true. It's not true, okay? This is proof. They have responded and, and proven to be more volatile in, than the traditional stock market, like the NASDAQ I just talked to you about. Warren Buffett and, Char and Charlie Munger really tried to warn us all, but we did not listen. We did not listen. We called the greatest living investors in modern history outdated. That's what we did. As a society, we said these old fucking guys don't know what they're fucking, they're fucking talking about. These are two of the wealthiest men in the world. Most notably, the best investors in history. They are living legends. And we didn't heed the warning. I don't know what that means for what the perspective is on cryptocurrency, where, where, where it'll wind up with regulation. But now you know. In 20 minutes, you know all of the hype, all of the concern, all the buzzwords. You can go out to a cocktail party and you can impress people and you can just throw out some expletive-filled rages like I have. But this shit's been interesting and fascinating. And I got to tell you, as a guy who's tracked this closely, I don't know what comes next, but I sure as shit don't feel confident investing anymore. I've, I've canceled all my reoccurring investments into cryptocurrency and I'm just sitting and waiting at this point in time. I never invested a whole lot of money. I would say to give you some perspective, uh, approximately about half of what I make in any one month is all that I have in a cost basis for my cryptocurrency. Obviously, that has risen in value since I started investing a long time ago. I hope you enjoyed the show this week. It was quick. It was potent and hopefully educational. Spread the word to your friends. We need more listeners. And remember, leave that honest five-star review because we need it and we love you too. Take care. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation on the Higher Standard Podcast. 
Make sure to hit subscribe or follow on whatever platform you are listening to this on. If you like this episode, please write a review and share it with us. You're getting the show up and running right now, so every message, every review, and every note counts. This show exists to showcase what's possible when leaders decide to uphold a higher standard for their businesses, their investments, their families, and most importantly, themselves. If you want to see more of my content, I post daily on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. So be sure to follow me on your favorite social media platform. And with that, it is a wrap. And as always, I look forward to hanging with you all on the next episode.